Good morning. You are listening to KPOO San Francisco 89.5 and on the World Wide Web at KPOO.com. This is Prison Focus Radio. Slavery is back. In fact, it was never abolished. The 13th Amendment to the U.S. Constitution abolished slavery, except in prison. At the current rate of incarceration, by the year 2010, the majority of all African-American men between 18 and 40 will be in prison. The state as their captor. It's going to take people who are willing to fight, not people who want to negotiate with the enemy. Deal with 
All right, beautiful people, I want to thank you for joining me here this morning on Prison Focus Radio. I am your host, Nube Brown, here at KPOO San Francisco 89.5. We are going to be spending the uh, <clears throat> the whole hour continuing to talk about the need for and the campaign for the Community Release Board. We are going to be uh, hearing about uh, the, just some reasons why we need this as we continue to fight for uh, the uh, black liberation and the freeing of our political prisoners and really the genocidal practices of the current board of parole hearings here in California uh, through Sacramento and California Department of Small R, sorry, California Department of Corrections, small r, rehabilitation. So get ready to hear some voices. Um, You'll be mostly hearing from me, but I will be reading um, uh, some, you know, statements and uh, just commentary that has already been generated by our beautiful, wise, loving, strong, new African freedom fighters. Here we go. All right, we're going to start right out with uh, the voice of Rochelle McGee, and I want to give a shout out to Claude Marks and the Freedom Archives folks there for um, capturing this and the incredible work that they do over there at the Freedom Archives. It must be exposed, man, because these are the things that at this time, man, that's causing this entire country, man, right now to be turning over like it is. You know what I mean? Once you can expose where these judges are in direct conspiracy with one another and that they are just outright denying prisoners of persons illegally held in prison their rights to file documents, their rights to be here. Once this can be established, the facts can be clearly established and shown to the people where these dogs are practicing slavery under the color of law, then this automatically requires one thing, that is inspection and investigation by the people to look for themselves. They will find that these judges are criminals. You have to deal on your own tactics, the right taxes. I say, when I say taxes, I say like, comply with that declaration of independence, whereas you have a right to take up arms to oppose any usurp government, particularly the type of corruption government that we have today, man. All right, I am going to read directly from the Free Rochelle McGee uh, website. Uh, Rochelle, for those of you that may not know who he is, um, you can go to that site, but I'm going to read a little bit about uh, who Rochelle Sinkyu McGee is. He is the longest held political prisoner in the United States. He's been 59 years um, modern day enslaved in the California Department of Corrections uh, and Small R Rehabilitations Prison and um, where he is in the California Medical Facility in Vacaville. Michelle McGee has been denied parole for the 13th time now um, when he went up for his uh, parole hearing in July of 2021. All right, about Rochelle. So Rochelle McGee was born an only child on March 17, 1939, in the small town of Franklinton, Louisiana. Across the Deep South, Jim Crow laws, white supremacist lynchings, KKK terror, segregation, and legal bias against black people were common. In 1955, at the age of 16, Rochelle was accused of aggravated attempted rape, how typical, due to his relationship with a white girl in KKK territory. 
For context, Emmett Till was lynched, mutilated, and murdered in August 1955 for allegedly whistling at a white woman. McGee was given a completely bogus trial with an all-white jury who sentenced him to eight hard years in the notorious Angola State Prison. Mind you, I did say that he was 16 years old when he was sent to Angola for eight years. A former plantation in 1960, a former plantation in 1962, the state deprived him of his inherited property and ordered that he leave Louisiana and go to Los Angeles. More thievery by this uh, government. Rochelle was finally allowed to leave Louisiana's dungeons in 1963, so he headed to Los Angeles for a fresh start. Only six months later, Rochelle and his cousin Leroy were arrested as they sat with a man named Ben Brown in Brown's car. Brown told police a far-fetched tale that Rochelle and his cousin had kidnapped him in a dispute over a $10 bag of weed, even though the cousins didn't even have the car keys. As the police arrested him, they beat him so badly that he had to be hospitalized for three days, but the injustices were only beginning. The racist Superior Court of Los Angeles County railroaded him with trumped-up charges of kidnapping to commit robbery. There was extreme malpractice from both the prosecutor and the defense attorney, which came to a head, with McGee's lawyer pleading him guilty without his consent. Rochelle was unjustly imprisoned with a seven years to life charge for this alleged crime. It's the same sentence that George Jackson received. Rochelle strived to develop his mind in prison where he learned the rich traditions of African history and liberation struggles. He took on the name Sing Q because he felt a connection with the African freedom fighter Sing Q, who led a rebellion um, on the slave ship La Amistad. La Amistad. Magui won himself a second trial by pointing out that his indictment was improperly joined with his cousin's case, among other improper acts. In 1965, Magui unfortunately faced the same judge, and how is this possible, that bound and gagged him in the first trial for making lawful objections. In Rochelle's own words, the second trial, quote, used fraud to hide fraud, upholding the conviction and shooting his trial down. McGee had gained a reputation in the prison system as a people's lawyer by doing work like filing a lawsuit for the wrongful death of prisoner Fred Billingsley, who was beaten and tear-gassed to death in his cell in the San Quentin prison in February of 1970. Michelle's work helped lead a large settlement, led to a large settlement for the Billingsley family. Oh yeah, they can't stand when you do things like this. Oh, Teach yourself, empower yourself, um, help others, uh, take back from the system what they have taken from you. Oh yeah, they can't stand that. After seven years of torture in California's prison system, he took an opportunity for freedom when it came to him. On August 7th, 1970, Rochelle McGee and William Christmas were among the witnesses for the trial of James McLean, who was on trial for assaulting a guard after the brutal Billingsley murder. Jonathan Jackson, the younger brother of prisoner in Black Panther Party Field Marshal, George Jackson, attempted to free his brother and the rest of the Soledad brothers by taking control of the courtroom in Marin County Courthouse. Jonathan announced that he was taking over and offered weapons to McGee, Christmas, and McLean. Abs damn straight. Even though he wasn't aware of the plan at its start, he knew that this could be his last chance to escape slavery and get the world's attention on his unjust conviction. San Quentin prison guards arrived and opened fire on the group as they left the building, killing Jackson, Christmas, McLean, and a judge, while critically wounding Rochelle 
and a prosecutor. Rochelle continues to fight for his liberation while simultaneously fighting to expose the corrupt judicial system. He would have never been in the Marin County Courthouse courtroom if he received a fair trial in his 1963 case. Even throughout decades of abuses and injustices, Rochelle has continuously offered his support as a people's lawyer for other prisoners. Rochelle urgently, urgently needs public support in 2022, especially because of his factual innocence. His age of 83 years old and the risk of COVID-19 in California's wretched prisons. He currently has two motions in the legal system, a request to Governor Gavin Newsom for commutation in California and a hearing in the Supreme Court. Rochelle is scheduled for a parole suitability hearing. Um, this was, of course, written um, before um, he went to the parole board in July of 2021, where he is the possibility of getting parole. We know that he did not. Um, in Rochelle's own words, slavery 400 years ago, slavery today, it's the same but with a new name. Unquote. Whether it was Africans fighting captivity in Africa or Africans fighting captivity in California, oppressed people have the right to rebel. Free Rochelle Sinkyu McGee. Um, another quote by him is, once the facts can be clearly established and shown to the people where those dogs are practicing slavery under the color of law, which you heard him say, then this automatically requires a special investigation by the people to look for themselves. They will find that these judges are criminals and we will find that this whole system is criminal, in fact. So um, we want you to get on board uh, with the Free Rochelle McGee campaign. Go to freerochellemcgee.org. That's F-R-E-E-R-U-C-H-E-L-L-M-A-G-E-E dot org. Um, and this is also why we must dismantle the current board of prison, the board of parole hearings and build in its place a community release board. Because again, it is about the people and it is only from the people that this revolutionary change will be able to be made. All right, we are going to continue with uh, the focus on Rochelle Sinkyu McGee because there really is an urgency here that cannot be overstated. Uh, again, 83 years old, he has been denied parole for the 13th time, and a parole is the issue. But it's even, of course, it's much deeper than that. That's just one of the kind of last bastions of, um, uh, you know, the barriers, one of the last bastions of, uh, of getting our people free. So uh, there was um, a fantastic um, event uh, to not only honor and you know celebrate the birthday of Rochelle McGee, uh, but also really to talk about this campaign and the urgency of getting him free. You can watch the whole event on YouTube. It is called Free Rochelle McGee and All Political, Pr Political Prisoners National Webinar. Um, it uh, it uh, did take place on March 21st of this year. And um, I'm going to play some of some of a few of the uh, uh, some of the speakers that stood out for me. And the first person that we are going to hear from is Jaleel Muntakim. So, happy birthday, Rochelle McGee. Okay, I could. I was trying to do fifty cents, but you see, I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not all equipped to do fifty cents. So that was my attempt. Um, so I'm going to go right into our first speaker, 
who is Jalil Montekin. Jalil is a veteran of the Black Panther Party and the Black Liberation Army, co-founder of the National Jericho Movement, and co-organizer of the Spirit of Mandela International Tribunal, Citizen Action Committee organizer and author of We Are Our Own Liberators and Escaping from Prison, Fade to, I'm sorry, Escaping the Prism, Fade to Black. After more than 48 years behind bars, numerous parole denials, Jalil was finally released in October 2020. He's here to share with us um, Michelle McGee's birthday and also some of his experience. Um, Brother Jalil. Okay, and that is uh, Virginia Harris, who, uh, Harris, who was uh, the host of this event, along with her co-host, Cameron Hurt. Thank you, thank you, sister. Uh, As-salamu alaykum. Pause, peace. Abagani. Hafadea. Bonjour. Let me see, what else, what else? Um, Guten Tag. Um, um, shalom. Whatever is your language, whatever your part of the world that you come from, I greet you in peace and solidarity. Uh, and as, as uh, Sister Virginia said, I'm Julia Luther King. Um, I want to start this off with a little story, uh, a story that I've had, an intimate story, what I have with uh, uh, Comrade Michelle McGee. In 1975, I was convicted in California, uh, convicted in New York for uh, the uh, killing of two police officers. And after, as, as a result of that, and having had been arrested originally in uh, San Francisco on uh, August 28, 1971, uh, I was returned back to San Quentin. And when I was returned back to San Quentin after the, the New York uh, conviction, I was housed in the Adjustment Center. As many of you know, uh, Michelle spent many years in the Adjustment Center along with San Quentin Six. And uh, many of our other comrades, uh, even Jerome uh, Jijaja. Uh, um, and so while I was sent there, I was placed in a cell between Rochelle McGee and Charlie Manson, right? With San Quentin Six on the same tier. It was on the first floor of the Judgment Center. Uh, and during the time of getting learning and know each other, I, I found Rochelle to be uh, very humorous, right? He, he's a joker. Uh, in his own, when he, in, his, in his relaxed state of, of uh, and he always reflects on his history, on his uh, his, uh, his growing up uh, in Louisiana, uh, and what all that meant to him. Uh, but at any rate, at one one day during mail call, I received a letter from a, a, a beloved ancestor sister named uh, Yuri Kochiyama. At the time, Yuri was a member uh, organizer of the National uh, Committee in Defense of Political Prisoners which was an organization that was put together in support of the Panther 21 case. Uh, and what she did, she had a newsletter. So she sent me a copy of the newsletter. And in that newsletter, it talked about the need for us to take our struggle to the United Nations, something that El Hajj Malik Shabazz, Malcolm X, often spoke about. Right? And so when I read this, I said, wow, this is a good idea. Maybe we should think about how we can put this thing together. And so what I did, I wrote back to Yuri and uh, asked her, said, well, how do you move forward? I never got a response back. Now, that does not mean that she, not, she may not respond or that my letter did not get out. Because during that period of time, particularly in San Quentin, often uh, our letters did not get out, out, of the, out of the prison, out of the, out of the facility, or we did not receive letters. And so what I did, I drafted an outline uh, for uh, the possibility of petitioning uh, for the United Nations on the existence of political prisoners and the conditions of prisons. And so when I dropped, dropped that, that, that outline, because I drafted the outline, I passed it to Michelle. 
Today, Eru, uh, what do you think about this, man? What do you, what do you think? Do you think there's something that's, that's plausible? Do you think there's something that they can really work on? And he looked at it, and he studied it, and he held on to it for about a day. He didn't say anything. Then I said, Ru, knocked on, knocked on the wall next to me. He said, hey, Ru, what, what's that, man? You, you checked out my, what I wrote. He said, yo, no. He said, this is, this is powerful. This is good. But I did some tweaking on it. As some of you know, Rochelle is very involved with the law. And uh, unknown to me, because I didn't know too much about the law, he added some, some, some legal quotes, some legal issues. And really perfected it. And then he told me, he said, listen, send it upstairs to Geronimo and the brothers upstairs. And we also had a, uh, uh, Russell Little was up there and uh, and uh, a couple other people from the SLA was up there. And so I said, okay, cool. So I did that. And I sent it up there and um, they checked it, reviewed it, and sent it back to me. And then what I did, they sent it out to the streets. And that was the beginning of the first U.S. petition uh, U.S. Uh, prison petition campaign to the United Nations. The only petition campaign that was sponsored by prisoners and actually was heard and recorded at the United Nations, the very first. That was in, uh, 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 it took me two years from 1975 to 1977 to make that happen. Uh, and it was a good job. And it was a good job because Michelle put his, I say his strength to it, right? He put his, his influence on it and made it even much, much more uh, 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 consistent to what we were trying to achieve, right? By adding the little bit of law that I didn't know that he knew uh, extensively, and that's what Rochelle is. Rochelle is a scientist, right? He tries to look at things in very, very in this minutia, in the very smallest points, right? And get something out of it, draw something out of it uh, that would benefit himself and benefit others. Uh, Rochelle has been known in the prison system, uh, particularly in California, as being a legal scholar, right? Someone would dispute that idea of what it means by being a legal scholar, but in, in, in either case, he's had to help many people in, in regards to the law, uh, the issues of the law, and finding to be released from prison. And that's one thing we should always recognize, recognize of Rochelle, his giving and his capacity to study. Now, another thing that's important for us to understand about Rochelle is this here. He should not be in prison, right? There's documents. There are documents that indicate very specifically that he was not found guilty of the charges uh, when he was uh, uh, charged for the incident that happened in Marin County. Right there, I have received. Matter of fact, I have some documents here that were sent to me that indicate that there are jurors on his case that had um, that uh, asked the judge how come uh, they didn't recognize the verdict uh, of the jury, and so. That is something that you should have been arguing about continuously, right? And this is the reason why he has not uh, been so been adamant about his, his innocence, even when he goes to the pro board. So that one makes our fight even much harder, knowing that he should not be in prison today, okay? So I just wanted to share those few points, some ideas, uh, uh, my thinking based upon my experience with Michelle. I think Michelle is a... Uh, 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 at the, uh, at the age that he is right now, uh, as many of our own comrades, uh, many of our political prisoners, like Sunyata Kohli, like Iman Jamil Alameen, we should be fighting diligently, right, without without taking a breath, right, if necessary, and the fact to get them released from prison. With that said, uh, I'd like to thank Cameron and uh, the coalition for having invited me here uh, to just give this little bit of information that I have, personal information that I hold close to my heart, Regards to Arusha McGee, Sinke, Sinke McGee. Thank you. Thank you.
Roosevelt's point about political prisoners dying in prison is serious. As he mentioned, Chip Fitzgerald was not able to get out soon enough and he succumbed in prison. That was a very sad time for me and I'm sure for our movement. And as we lose people who are still incarcerated, the pain is deeper. We have to fight to free every political prisoner. We don't want the system to win and have them die behind bars. Our next speaker, Melina Abdullah, is one of the original organizers of the Black Lives Matter movement. She is its Los Angeles area chief organizer. She is also a professor at California State University, Los Angeles, and is a former chair of that campus's Pan-African Students, uh, Pan-African Studies Department. Welcome, Dr. Abdullah. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really deeply honored to be a part of this conversation. I'm deeply honored to speak alongside of so many folks who I just um, deeply respect and love. Um, I'm also the spirit daughter of Baba Hank Jones, to, so to see Jaleel Muntakeem is really um, impactful for me and um, grateful for all who've been struggling for the freedom of all of our political prisoners, especially Rochelle McGee, who we send deep birthday love to. And there's nothing better that we can do for his birthday than to secure his freedom. Um, I want to just uplift a couple of things. I won't um, be too long, but I just want to uplift a couple of things as those who are um, committed to struggle for freedom. We have to remember the words. In fact, um, Brother Cameron spoke these words this morning on the radio program that the um, the today's uh, organizers are tomorrow's political prisoners if we don't change things. And so we have to struggle to free our political prisoners. We have to struggle for Rochelle McGee because he is us. He represents what will be if we don't um, change things for him. So let's start by freeing our elders. And there's some tangible things that we can do. I'm so grateful for the website, um, uh, freerochellemcgee.org, freerochellemcgee.org, if folks are not already on it, um, which has some tangible steps that we can take. We are not going to wait for his next parole hearing. We're going to um, secure clemency now by calling the governor's office and doing something which can sometimes prove a challenge for me. And that's not cussing the governor out. That's saying that we want clemency for Rochelle McGee. We're going to sign every petition that we can. We're going to share his story because one of the things um, that we do know is that while people know the names of some political prisoners, they often don't know the name or the story of Rochelle McGee. So we have to share this story. I'm sure that this conversation is going to be shareable after we finish having it. So make sure that we share this story. And then also I want to uplift that when we say that today's organizers are tomorrow's political prisoners, we also have to remember how people come into their consciousness. And so there's the constant making of political prisoners. And so I just want to say 
one name, um, uh, and there's many, many others, but there's a brother in prison right now at Lancaster Prison named Jay Burton, who came into consciousness in prison. Um, he was 16 years old, just like Rochelle McGee was 16 years old when he was first incarcerated. He's been in prison now for 38 years. There's no evidence that holds him there, but um, while he's in there, he's become extremely conscious and an organizer was part of the um, uh, hunger strikes, Pelican Bay hunger strikes, and is now the founder of the Black Lives Matter prison chapter. And so we can think about his story also as the making of political prisoners. And I'm lifting this point, not just to say, you know, I want to say the name Jay Burton, um, but also because until we abolish prisons and this entire system, we will always have political prisoners. So we want to free them all. And then we want to destroy the system that holds them. So we must be abolitionist in our frame. We must say that people don't belong in cages. We must destroy the prison system that was built intentionally to cage and hold our folks, especially the most conscious and powerful among us. And so finally, the last thing that I'll say is that Black Lives Matter, and I'm an organizer with Black Lives Matter grassroots, the on-the-ground work that Black Lives Matter does globally. Um, and Black Lives Matter would like to offer our full, continues to offer our full resources to engaging in this work. We understand that we're bound with every political prisoner. And so we're going to struggle as hard as we can until we don't have anything left to struggle with, to free Rochelle McGee and all political prisoners. And so again, thank you everyone for your work and please call on us for everything that you need that we can offer, anything that we can do. We are in this alongside you, grateful for those who've been struggling ahead of us and will continue um, to carry forward that work. All right. If you are just joining us, you are listening to Prison Focus Radio here on KPOO San Francisco 89.5, and I am your host, Nube Brown. We are focusing on the longest-held political prisoner, uh, Rochelle Sinkyu McGee. Uh, he has been denied parole yet again uh, back in July of 2021 for the 13th time. He is 83 years old and uh, has been caged for almost 60 years. It is time to bring him home. Um, we are going to continue on with the reasons why um, uh, we need to build this community release board uh, as an alternative to the corrupt and genocidal uh, board of parole hearings here in California and all uh, parole boards throughout the United States. But here in California, a proposal was put forth by some of our uh, freedom fighters uh, right here in California. And we want to make sure that uh, we understand that um, that is what we do here is we are fighting for the we are no we are standing alongside um, our comrades, our loved ones, um, our freedom fighters behind the walls uh, as they as we uh, yes, we fight together uh, for their freedom and we are looking for a clemency for Rochelle McGee. Um, so, but we are going to take a quick musical break. 
now and uh, during that time uh, maybe we'll check out the website of Rochelle McGee freerochellemcgee.org uh, you can also look into Jay Burton um, I think there is a free Jay Burton website if you are on social media you can find him there also um, I thought that was a very good point that uh, Melina made about how even as we know about some of the uh, more uh, you know, well-known uh, political prisoners like Mumia Abu-Jamal, um, Sundiata Kohli, Dr. Mutulu Shakur, uh, Leonard Peltier, um, and others. We often don't, uh, many people still do not know about Rochelle McGee, and we cannot, less, um, we cannot let him be forgotten. And with that said, I also think um, we are. We need to make sure that we are uplifting the uh, the our California hunger strikers, those political fr- uh, prisoners, those new African freedom fighters, um, the uh, the uh, the creators and signers of the agreement to end hostilities, which I actually think I am going to read here, uh, because these again politicized prisoners. Uh, and, and political prisoners, survivors of the torture of decades of solitary confinement. And so we are going to be, uh, it's important that we also uplift their names and, and their struggles. They have been, and I'm going to be reading some of their names. So we are going to take this quick musical break, and then we are going to come back. We are going to be uplifting the names of those that this system is hell-bent on forgetting, burying, and actually uh, causing their death behind the prison walls.
Cause you're just like the big homie, I'm overdosing Not the death, but the psychosis Feel the weight of these demons on my soul It's too heavy to hold on, I'm hopeless Feeling hideous, this world is insidious And my city is covered in clouds Dark as obsidian Living with no lineage or roots I can hold on to But I know my truth Used to look up to the dealers Now I'm looking up the healers And look into my shadow Where the fear is Transformed to love Said there's nothing left And I'm fearless Shedding blood Praise the great spirit Ceremony of life In service to creation Do we hear the call Of Mother Earth And seven generations All right, that was Make It Through uh, with Quincy Davis, Mick Crenshaw, and excuse me, hold on one second, and we've got Kunu, Ta Talio, no, Talilo, excuse me, and Tony Hill. All right, I am going to read the names of our our elders, our freedom-fighting elders, our new African organizers, activists who, um, yeah, who organized the historic California hunger strikes between 2011 and 2013 to end indefinite solitary confinement. These are men that uh, suffered the torture of decades of solitary confinement, uh, most notably in Pelican Bay. A state prison. These were uh, security housing units, also known as the shoes, that were designed specifically to break the men that they, uh, this state, um, decided to put into, and um, yes, meant to break them. Uh, they won the class action lawsuit. They went on hunger strikes. They put their bodies on the line. They put their lives on the line. They were willing to strike to their death, and. Um, and the country doesn't know about them enough. Uh, this movement, the uh, prisoner human rights movement, does not know about them uh, enough. They are not um, uplifted enough, their names. Uh, when we talk about uh, freeing our political prisoners, absolutely, uh, these men should be a part of it. And then there are many, many others that participated in the hunger strikes, again, that we also do not hear about. Uh, simply because they were not um, necessarily a part of the signing of the agreement to end hostilities, which is this, which is a profound uh, document, one of the most important documents I believe of the last fifty years. Um, it actually ended the um, the race riots uh, or the or the racial violence that was taking place. It was also fomented by the guards inside, but um, that was taking place uh, amongst uh, the groups inside. And they came together in solidarity to um, to meet their uh, common oppressor. So I'm going to read some of their names. Leonard Alexander, 
as we lovingly know as Yafeo Ayapo. He has been caged for 46 years. He is now, no, he's going on 47 years, excuse me. He's now 65. He spent 31 years in solitary confinement. The shoes of Pelican Bay meant to break people. And he has been denied parole 18 times. Daryl Burnett. Ifomo Modibo Cambon. Age 66. He has been caged now 47 years. He spent 30 years in solitary confinement. He has been denied parole also 18 times. Setawa Nantambu Jama'a. One of the principal leaders and thinkers um, and uh, co-creators of the agreement and hostilities. He is now 62 years old. He has spent over 40 years uh, being caged, spent 32 years in solitary confinement, and has been denied parole seven times. Zaribo, Michael Duro. He is now 67 years old. He's been caged now for 33 over 33 years. He spent 30 years in solitary confinement. But he has a life without the possibility of parole sentence. Kenneth Carter, Fatih. He is um, 66 years old. He has been caged almost 48 years now. He has been denied parole 16 times. Clyde Jackson, Abbasi. He is now 58 years old. He could be 59, actually. I could be behind by a couple of years for most of these men. He has now been in prison for over 40 years. He has been denied parole. He was just denied parole uh, for the third time. We need to get our people home. This system, again, the prison industrial slave complex is a sick addiction to slave and cheap labor. labor. It has an addiction of control over the populace, namely black, brown, indigenous people, uh, to keep uh, this, their system um, going so that they can continue to extract and accumulate um, just immoral um, amounts of wealth and power. Joka Hishima Jinsai. I actually don't, I, I talk to him so often, I actually don't have the actual numbers for him. Although I know that he has been in prison almost 30 years, he spent over 20 years in solitary confinement as well, and he is the man who introduced me to, or made me aware of the exception clause for the 13th Amendment. He has created the Amend the 13th Campaign. Um, brilliant, brilliant writer, uh, thinker, and uh, we want him home. Abdul Olubala Shakur. And many of these men have been in uh, since their youth as well, which is genocidal and a crime against humanity. Uh, and 
Abdul has been in since he is 17 years old, over 40 years, spent 30, over 30 years in solitary confinement as well. And he also was just denied parole for, I believe, the ninth time. Uh, so we cannot stress enough how important it is to do whatever you can in, in whatever capacity um, that you can to help us free our elders and to free our people that have been, um, that are caged for political reasons. Again, this is, a, this is a crime against humanity and we want to bring our people home. And we are learning about more and more people um, as we get in, become involved. So please check out the websites, sign the petitions, call the governor, 916-445-2841. Tell him you want your people home. There, you don't. You just come from the heart. Um, uh, check out if you if you are on social media. Check out the Instagram page. Check out the Facebook page. Check out the, your Twitter page. There are plenty of people to get behind, and um, whether it be an individual or just the cause in general. And remember, the governor is your employee. We are the boss. We elected him. Our tax dollars go to paying him. And so we have every right to assert our power and to assert our grievances around what's taking place inside of our prisons. So uh, do what you can. Make the donations. Uh, go to change.org and look up their names. There, again, there are petitions to sign, websites to go to, uh, donations to be made, um, and calls to be made as well. Uh, there are plenty of places to get on board, and I really encourage you to do so. Uh, continue to uh, stay updated around the, the, the building of the Community Release Board. Consider uh, what that means, and whether you or some of your community members might want to be involved in that. Because our people are going to be coming home. They're coming home to our communities. And we need to stop allowing this system to villainize and criminalize our people. They have, they have done well beyond their time. And it's time to bring them home to the communities that want to welcome them home and the families that want to have them home and that have been missing them. I want to share with you an article that came out from Prison Policy Initiative. This was uh, by George Renault, um, came out in February of 2019. Check this out. Grading the parole release systems of all 50 states. I'm just going to read a portion of it. From arrest to sentencing, the process of sending someone to prison in America is full of rules and standards meant to guarantee fairness and predictability. Ha ha. An incredible amount of attention is given to the process, and rightly so. But in sharp contrast, the processes for releasing people from prison are relatively ignored by the public and by the law. No um, surprise there. State paroling systems vary so much that it is almost impossible to compare them. Sixteen states have abolished or severely curtailed discretionary parole, and the remaining states range from having a system of presumptive parole, where when certain conditions are met, release on parole is guaranteed, to having policies and practices that make earning release almost impossible. Parole systems should give every incarcerated person ample opportunity to earn release and have a fair, transparent process 
for deciding whether to grant it. A growing number of organizations and academics have called for states to adopt policies that would ensure consistency and fairness in how they identify who should receive parole, when those individuals should be reviewed and released, and what parole conditions should be attached to those in individuals. In this report, I take the best of those suggestions, assign them point values, and grade the parole systems of each state. Sadly, most states show lots of room for improvement. Only one state gets a B. Five states get Cs. Eight states get Ds. And the rest either get an F or an F-. minus. Curious about California? We are an F-. minus. You might want to check out this uh, article. Again, it's from the po Prison Policy Initiative. You can go to prisonpolicy.org and uh, put in there uh, grading the parole release systems of all 50 states. That's in 2019. Uh, we had an F minus. Okay, and now it's one thing, um, you know, how the parole board uh, treats our political prisoners, right? Those that they can continually villainize to the public and criminalize to the public about who they are and keep this narrative about them being such a danger to society because they speak up and, um, you know, they are self-determined and they're freedom fighters. And so they can use those things against our political prisoners um, to uh, scare the public, right? But what about just the everyday person that is being abused by this, this system that we don't normally get to hear about. I'm going to read to you um, a letter that uh, from an article that was uh, uh, in the San Francisco Bayview National Black Newspaper in this month, uh, this March issue. Um, and the article is, The Board of Parole Denied Reginald Samuels His Freedom for Sharing the SF Bayview. And um, so here is his letter that he sent to us, and then we eventually got the, uh, the parole transcripts as well. Okay, he says, I hope and pray all is well. My name is Reginald H. Samuels. I'm 63 years old. I'm a nonviolent third striker for residential burglary with zero violence in my past. I had a subscription to your Bayview newspaper for two and a half years here at Soledad State Prison. I recently had to cancel. The reason? When I'm finished reading my newspaper, I let other inmates read my newspaper, and I never ask for it back. Well, they did a cell search on some inmate, and one of my Bayview papers was in his cell. This inmate was an STG BGF security threat group black gorilla family member, according to the, the, the guards. The institution gave me a 1030 and confidential memorandum, as you can read in this letter. On September 8th, 2021, I went to my nonviolent parole board hearing under Prop 57. This 1030 was talked about a lot by the commissioner. He was really upset that I was reading a newspaper like the Bayview. He was telling me that the Bayview talks a lot about killing police officers. He went on and on about how, how bad that newspaper was. Yes, I was denied parole. And what does that have to do with anything about why he's incarcerated, why he's being caged. That 1030 was highly prejudicial against me in my hearing. He also said that if I'm denied parole, it won't be because of the of the paper. Mm -hmm, that's how they get around it. That commissioner was really upset. I should have never received a 1030 in the first place. It's a public newspaper. Anybody in the world can get a subscription. 
You tell me, were my constitutional rights of freedom of speech, liability, discrimination, and privacy violated? There is more to this story, too much to write. They're also discriminating against your newspaper. There are people in here that don't want to be seen reading one. My family and I need outside help please, uh, because this was just not right. Thank you for your time. Sincerely, Reginald Samuels. P.S. I really liked reading your newspaper. I'm sorry I had to cancel it. You can understand why. Do not underestimate the enemy, but also do not underestimate the incredible power we have in our fight for liberation, for our fight to resist um, this sick system. The, the power that we have when we act in unity and revolutionary love. Ubuntu. So again, I encourage all of you to get involved with the freeing of our elders, the freeing of our political prisoners. Go to spiritofmandela.org. Go to freerochellemcgee.org. Uh, check out California Prison Focus and read the newsletter, Prison Focus Newsletter. That's www.prisons.org. Read um, and, you know, um, empower yourself, educate yourself. Go to the San Francisco Bayview National Black Newspapers website at www.sfbayview.com. Um, and I mention the Spirit of Mandela uh, uh, website because uh, they did. They they were the ones that hosted the the um, uh, the celebration or the commemoration of uh, Rochelle McGee's uh, birthday and the need to bring him home. Um, he's 83 years old, almost 60 years in prison. This, um, this is not a civilized society if these kinds of things are taking place. Okay, and also, the spirit of Mandela also hosted the International Tribunal 2021 We Charge Genocide, uh, where we hosted uh, the international jurors, and they actually, um, in fact, came to the verdict that, yes, the United States is guilty of genocide on all five counts. So please check out um, that website, spiritofmandela.org, and get all the information there as well about um, the fight for um, our political prisoners as well as the state of black, brown, and indigenous people. Um, and also, I want to remind all of you, if you haven't checked out um, I think 27 years now, New African Nation Day has been taking place. It is going to be taking place this year in Alabama, Birmingham, Alabama. They are doing both in-person and virtual. If you want to learn more about that, go to pg-rna.com. That's the Pro Provisional Government of the Repu Republic of New Africa. And uh, but pg-rna.com is their website, and you can also go to the New African Nation Day at uh, Eventbrite. You can find it there to get your actual tickets. But please check out the website. Please, there's so much information there about uh, the uh, New African struggle to for liberation and the building of a provisional government. It's been going on for 27 years. So, and you can participate virtually, like I said. That's taking place this, actually this coming weekend. I believe it's from the 25th 
through the 27th. Yes, the 25th through the 27th. And um, if you are in Alabama, it's going to be at 1121 Tuscaloosa Avenue, Birmingham, Alabama. It will be at the Crescent Cultural Community Center. If not, again, go to um, Eventbrite. The New African Nation Day tickets will be there. All right, I didn't get a chance to read the agreement to end hostilities. That will come at another time. But if you do want to read it, if you would just like, which I encourage any of you to do if you have not, if you don't know about the agreement to end hostilities or you haven't read the agreement to end hostilities at any time, um, you can find it, again, by going to prisons.org. Um, and uh, read it there on their archives of, of the newsletter. You can read it at sfbayview.com as, as well. Um, our archives there, uh, the Agreement and Hostilities is a very, very powerful uh, document of unity and really what it takes. Um, it's an incredible model about what it takes to uh, create change uh, by bringing people together, by being able to recognize who and what is our common enemy and what it is that we are actually fighting against and fighting for. Um, So I recommend uh, you reading that. Also, if you haven't read the Exception Clause of the 13th Amendment lately, check that out as well. Uh, We are up against a formidable opponent that has had all of the resources, all of the power uh, for hundreds of years. Um, but what we have in our favor is our humanity, and that is, and our revolutionary love for one another, and that is what we must assert all the time, every day, uh, when we are talking about freeing our people um, on both sides of the wall. So um, that is our show, and we are going to go out with some nice music, and we will see you next uh, next week. And again, get to the new African Nation Day. If you have not participated in it, um, I recommend it. This is going to be my first year. All right, people. Love y'all. Have a great week. And get ready for Work Week with Steve Seltzer. Birds flying high, you know how I feel. Sun in the sky, you know how I feel. Drifting on by, you know how I feel. It's a new dawn, it's a new day. It's a new life for me, yeah. It's a new dawn, it's a new day. It's a new life for me.